Hey, 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 welcome to Pastor Duke Podcast. Hope to be a blessing to you today. Going to share with you one of the most important biblical lessons uh, that I know that's meant the world to me. And I think it'll be a real help to you as well. Question. We're going to go to the Bible for the answer. The question is this. Why do some people get to see God do so much? I remember that newborn Christian sitting on the front row of Cook Road Baptist Church. Missionaries would come through. Church planters would come through, and they'd tell their stories. And there was just the evidence of God in their stories. And they were so pumped. And I'm like, I want in on that action. I want to be one of those guys. Okay, I just met Jesus. And my sins are forgiven. He called me into the ministry. How cool is that? What's my story going to look like in the end? And there was this angst, this desire inside of me to just uh, bring glory to God and to experience him, to see his hand moving in my life. And, uh, I, you know, some people, you know, where's God? in this. And I didn't want to be like that at the end of the road. I wanted to be able to look back and say, wow, God made me promises as a young man. I believed him and I sought him. And now as an old man to look back and say, wow, God kept his promise. And even now as an old guy, I still want to experience God. I want to see his hand moving clearly in my life today. And I think you do too. I think that's kind of why you've uh, tuned in this podcast. So I'm going to take you back to the Gospel of John. It's early in the ministry of Jesus. And we're going to look at a couple Bible guys, uh, Philip and Nathaniel, in this text. Now, let's let's go back in time. It's uh, the season of the New Testament. There's been 400 silent years since their last prophet. And uh, there had been some stirs among the Jewish people. There was the stir of... Uh, the birth of John the Baptist kind of shook up the nation, that old priest too old to have a baby, his wife and all that. And then John the Baptist is born and that kind of stirred the nation. What kind of kid is this? Is God up to something? And then it kind of goes down. And then there was another stir at the birth of baby Jesus. The people didn't know it was really baby Jesus. They just knew that, uh, the wise men came looking for him born King of the Jews and Herod freaks out and kills all the babies. And then that kind of, became really nothing except a, a sad time for the history of the Jewish people. But then uh, 12 years later, uh, to be exact, this kid from Nazareth comes down to confounds the scholars with his wisdom in the temple. And what up with that? It was kind of a stir. And that stir went away. And then, you know, uh, 18 more years have passed. There comes a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. John the Baptist appears on the scene. And when John appears on the scene, he's powerful. He did no miracles, but the people that heard John speak, they knew something was up. A lot of people, they just asked him, are you the Messiah? That's how powerful he was. And you know, uh, there's one coming after me whose shoelaces I'm not even worthy to touch. I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. And so Jesus uh, had not yet uh, been through these parts up in the Galilee now. But John the Baptist had been there, and these guys heard the preaching of John the Baptist, which uh, they knew something is up now. And so, sure enough, <laughs> not long after John comes through, here comes Jesus. Now, remember, here's, here's our thought. Why do some people get to see God do so much, and other people, where's God in this? Where's God in that? And I've never seen a miracle. 
And um, so Jesus comes through. Philip hears Jesus. He, he jumps in with both feet. He's in. He's excited. He, so Philip, I'm in John chapter 1, verse 45. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus uh, of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And Nathanael's, uh, that's perhaps even a, a hint of irritation in this. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Come on, man, don't mess with me. If there's going to be a Messiah, there's going to be some kind of big religious uh, situation. It's not going to come from Nazareth, man. That's a wrong side of the tra- tracks. That's Nowheresville. That's Hicksville, uh, uh, Judea. And he'd come from Jerusalem, of course. And, uh, of course, Nathanael's on fire. Nathaniel has something happening in his heart. You know, when you get something happening in your heart, you want to share it. You got to share it. That's where Nathaniel's at, uh, or Philip's at, and Nathaniel's like, I see a hint of hesitancy. Come on, man. Get off my back. Leave me alone. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And uh, Philip said unto him, come and see. That's the kind of savior we got. Just come and see. When people meet Jesus in a personal way and they're born again into God's family, the lights come on. They're illuminated. Uh, you don't need a whole lot of religious coaxing to anything at that point. Well, it's happened uh, for Philip, and it's about to happen for Nathaniel. So come and see. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll get you off my back. Just leave me alone. I'll come. I'll see him and you know, I'll make my own decision. So <laughs> God is moving in his life way greater than what he realized. We continue, verse 30, 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel come in and him said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed is whom no guile. And uh, uh, Nathaniel's a little nervous about that. Like, wait a minute. How, 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 how do you know that about me? Uh, this Jesus guy has got a little bit too much information about how, how does he know all this about me? Ah, I know the answer to that. Um, Philip told him, you know, Philip guy, he's freaking out all this stuff. You can't trust him. Philip told him all about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a setup. And, uh, so, uh, (laughs) Jesus has got uh, Nathaniel right where he wants him. Nathaniel's going to be just a little bit uncomfortable for a moment. That's kind of how it is as God begins to show up in our lives. So Nathaniel said unto him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, said unto him, Before that Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathaniel is sort of, we might say, arrested. He's sort of uh, experiencing what we would call in theology the omniscience of God. Okay. Philip could have told him about me, but Philip couldn't have told him about what I had done earlier in this day behind a fig tree. He, because Philip didn't even know about that. Philip can't tell Jesus what he doesn't know. And I know that Philip doesn't know this, but Jesus does. How do you know this uh, uh, about me? <laughs> and he's... I might say in a spiritual sense, busted. God's got him right where he wants him. This is huge. I love this. And Nathaniel answered. Now he's just experienced the omniscience of God. Whoever this Jesus guy is, he kind of like knows stuff that is not even humanly possible to know. I love his response. I think. Jesus loves his response. I hope this is on uh, videotape. 
I want to see Jesus's face when Nathanael gives this response. Here we go, verse 49. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Uh, Philip told me, right, you're the Messiah. You're the King. And John the Baptist came and said, one greater than me is coming, and it's you. I can't believe it. You know, we're up here in, in Nazareth, <laughs> Capernaum. You know, there's that's supposed to be stuff happening here. I thought all the big, cool, awesome God stuff supposed to happen in Jerusalem. And whoa, he's overwhelmed. It, I love it. It took so little to move him so much. Man, I want to be like Nathaniel. I want God to just whisper to me and for me to know it's him and have me just move ready to go. God says, jump. I say, how high? And this is a moment in time that Nathaniel will ever forget. It took so little to move him so much. Now, here's the exciting part. Here's where we get to where the rubber meets the road on our question. Why do some people get to see God do so much and other people don't, I don't see nothing happening? Verse 50, Jesus' response to Nathaniel's excitement. Verse 50, Jesus answered, said unto him, because I uh, said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree, Believest thou? You th- you think that's a big deal? He's like, yes, that's a huge deal. That is not humanly possible. You you're the son of God. You you're the Messiah. You're the one they Moses told us would come. And Jesus smiles. Oh, I want to see this. I want to see the smile on Jesus' face when he says this. And I'm going to paraphrase it. Jesus says, "Dude, you ain't seen nothing yet." He said, "Here's what he actually said: Thou shalt see greater things than these." Think about that. The omniscient, all-knowing, eternal, immutable God says to him, you ain't seen nothing yet. You like what you've seen? Yes. Want to see more? Yeah. No brainer. You have that angst in your heart? I think you do. I think that's why you're listening today. I think we want to experience God, especially in the dark world that we're living in now with Satan tightening his grip on all sides. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You see, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> he doesn't love Nathaniel more than he loves you and I. I believe the same Jesus says the same thing to you and I. You like what you've seen me do in your life? <laughs> yeah. You want to see more? Well, yeah. Okay. Here's how it works. And he makes this promise to us. Greater things than these you'll see. Now stop and think about this. Now, logistically, here they are in Capernaum, and uh, Jesus makes this promise to him. He's just he's just met Jesus like a minute. He's like a minute into his relationship with Jesus, and when Jesus makes this promise to him, it's almost like a coax. I, I don't mean it to be a tease, but uh, he's laying out something for Nathaniel here that could completely change his whole life. And, of course, it does. But Nathaniel's sort of on the spot here. Some people are going to experience God do a lot, and a lot of other people are going to experience him do not so much. I think I know where you and I stand on this. So in order for him to see greater things than these, the logistics say he's got to do something. Jesus is going to be leaving town that afternoon. And if he's going to see Jesus do greater things than these, 
it's requiring him to what? To follow Jesus. He just met him. He'd heard about him through John the Baptist, and now he meets Jesus face to face. And he's a... He's considered it. <laughs> he's, he's overwhelmed. He's, he, there's a fi- that fire that was burning in Philip's heart, it's burning in Nathaniel's heart now. You like this? Yes! You ain't seen nothing yet. But if you want to see it, dude, you you got to follow me. And so he's like, hey, Mom, hear what, Mom and Dad, hear what he says? Uh, and they're like, dude, are you sure? You, you're going to follow this guy? What? what's the pay? <laughs> what's, what's the, uh, vacation plan? What's the insurance policy, health insurance included? What's the vacation policy? You meet him and like 90 seconds later, you're ready to follow him. You know, a lot of the religious leaders don't even like him. They don't think he's for real. And you're just going to just walk away from home, walk away from your family, lose your job and follow this guy. Huh? Are you crazy? So I think Nathaniel's getting some resistance. I, I remember getting resistance from my family, and my family loved me, but they just didn't know this Jesus yet that I had come to know. And so I think Nathaniel's getting some naysayers rising up in his face saying, dude, don't do this. Let him, let him minister for a, a year or so. Let's find out who he really is. But that fire was already started in Nathaniel's heart. You want to see greater things than these? Yeah. Okay, dude, you know what you got to do. And he, kind of like Peter and those guys, he just, Peter, those guys dropped their nets and followed him. So did Nathaniel. (laughs) His whole life's going to change now. So he's in. He's going to be a follower of Jesus. He's going to be called an apostle. Here we are 2,000 years talking about him, and here's where it all got started. So he's following Jesus. I think he's probably like you and I has some uh, questions and he's not really going to ask them like, where are we going to spend the night tonight? Uh, But he's wondering those things, you know, where are we going to (laughs) eat? How how does this work? Where are we going to go next? And the other uh, apostles and disciples are like, well, we don't know. Just, uh, just trust him. Just do what he says. Uh, It'll work out. And so he's probably got all these uh, anticipations, all these expectations. Boy, I tell you, expectations can really hurt us but we're human. We get them. We have them. And uh, so, okay, I'm in, man. I'm, he, he told me everything about me. This guy knows everything. I'm in. I'm going to find greater things than he. So he's like, what am I going to see? What am I going to experience? It's greater than what I've already seen. So at the end of the day, nothing. <laughs> they find a place to sleep. It wasn't the greatest of accommodations, but uh, I'm with Jesus and maybe tomorrow will be the day. So he follows Jesus that whole next day and they're getting further away from home and he just lost another day's work. And it, well, you know, what are we going to do for food? Do I have to pay my own way. I don't have a lot of money. Uh, what's up with this? No answers. So that whole day passes. Nothing happens. Just like a regular guy. We chit chat. We had a long walk. Uh, we did have some food at the end of the day, but it wasn't the greatest. And so now another day passes and nothing happens. And he's probably thinking, holy cow, what did I do? Mom and dad warned me like, you don't even know this guy yet. What What's up with this? <laughs> and so uh, I think he has some doubts. And he's uh, two days have passed, and he's seen nothing, a lot of walking, so all these insecurities, all these unanswered questions. So the third day comes. We get into chapter 2, verse 1. And the third day, it's interesting, the third day. In the Bible, three is the number of death. Jonah was three days in the heart uh, of, of the fish, 
death. Jesus is three days in the heart of the earth, death on the third day. Hey, that'd be a good name for a band, wouldn't it, Christian band, third day? <laughs> Just saying. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Ha, huh, that's good news. These aren't little, you know, uh, cake and punch uh, wedding uh, ceremonies and, and uh, wedding parties. These are big deals. These sometimes go on for several days. Great food, plenty of it. And so it's uh, like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen today. Nothing happened the first day. Nothing happened the second day. And Jesus made these promises to me, and I jumped in. Maybe I jumped too soon. Maybe I should have waited. I don't know. But, hey, the wedding's going to be a lot of fun and be good food, so I'm in. So they go to the wedding. Well, things aren't going to go exactly according to plan at the wedding. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, uh, they have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. <laughs> Jesus was not being rude to his mother, but now his ministry had begun. Yeah, he loved his mom, and he, she was there at the cross, and he looked out for her. This is not a disrespect of mom at all. It's just like, okay, mama, uh, my ministry has begun here. And Mary seemed to understand that. In verse 5, And the mother, uh, Mary said unto the servants, this is to Nathanael now, <laughs> Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Man, that's good counsel. Whatever Jesus says, just do that. But I don't understand it. Lead not to thine own understanding. In all the ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. So it's like, okay, that's great preaching there. It's the only sermon I see Mary ever preaching. Just follow Jesus. That keep you out of a lot of trouble, wouldn't it? So... They run out of wine. It's like, man, who's the who's setting up this party? He didn't count the cost. They, they didn't have enough. That, that's that's man, that stinks. And so um, the mother says, "Whatever he says, do it." And there were set six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Now these aren't little two-liter bottles. These things, I'm told by the scholars. When they're full, you know, they're weighing like 50, 60, 70 pounds each. These are big, big uh, containers. And Jesus says unto them, fill up the water uh, pots with water. And I think Nathan is like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm a disciple of Jesus. I, I want to see greater things than these. I didn't sign up for this. I come to the wedding. They run out of wine. It's not my fault. Who's setting this thing up anyway? And now I'm a guest and I got to do the work. This isn't like, you know, run open refrigerator and grab another a bottle of soda. The, you got to go down to the well. You got to carry these things. They're pretty heavy, empty. And then they fill them up with water and then they got to bring them back. And it makes no sense. They ran out of wine. They want me to fill it with water. That makes no sense at all. But I followed Jesus, and Mary said, if, just do what he says. So, okay, I'll do it. I see a little bit of an attitude if it would have been me. So he does it. He obeys. That's kind of important. He did what Jesus said, even though he didn't understand uh, what the results of this would be. See, God didn't call us to figure stuff out. God called us to be obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, obedience is on the front end of the big, great God stuff that awaited him. <laughs> I think that applies to us. Obedience will be up front before the great God things will be unfolded unto you and I. So they do it. They do the labor. It wasn't his job description, but he did it anyway. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. I don't know how heartily he was, but he did obey, and that was the important thing. So 
Uh, verse 8, and he said unto them, Jesus speaking, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. So they did. They bring the water things up, and they lay before the priest. They probably had broken a sweat, and they sent him out. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it uh, was, but the servants which drew the water knew, and the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when they have well drunk, then that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. And Nathaniel's, uh, hello? What are you talking about, man? Uh, what are you, stupid? <laughs> That's water. Uh, I know you ran out of wine. That's on you, not on me. And I don't know why Jesus wants to fill the water pots up, but we did because we're his disciples. We do what he says. So we did it, and we bring it out, and uh, that's not wine, dude. That's water, and I know it's water because I'm the one who put the water in the pots. And then Nathaniel looks at this guy's face, and this guy's serious. And and then all of a sudden Nathaniel gets that little heebie-jeebie. I call him the Jesus heebie-jeebies. <laughs> and he's... He looks at that water pot, and it seems to be a little off color <laughs> from when he put the water in. And he gets that little Jesus heebie-jeebie thing gone, and he looks at Jesus, and Jesus looks at him, and Jesus says, duh. And he just has that little uh, words can't capture these moments. You know what I'm saying? And he goes up to the water pot. He takes the thing. He dips it in. He pulls it up. He tastes it. <laughs> it doesn't look like water because it isn't water. It is wine, just like the governor of the feast said. And again, <laughs> he's arrested, kind of like three days ago when Jesus told him everything about himself without the human capability of knowing what it, you know, he had experienced the omniscience, the all-knowing of God three days ago, and it moved him. It rocked his world. He jumped in with both feet, and Jesus had made a promise to him. You like this? Yeah. And Jesus' mouth said, you'll see greater things than these. And now he gets it. Three days ago, he experienced the omniscience of God. Today, he experiences the omnipotence of God. Not only does Jesus know everything, he also can do everything. He can do anything. Whoa. Everything had changed again. And now when Jesus speaks to do something that you don't really understand, you know, like later, roll away the stone. <laughs> well, he's he's been dead for three days. He 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 stinks, man. You can't open that up. Just do what he says, and he did. Back at that day when Jesus made that promise to him, you like this? Yeah, greater things than these you'll see. And so he's uh, he's in. He follows Jesus. You see, for Jesus to do, to see Jesus do the big things, you got to be close enough to Jesus to see it. And he was. Now, it's interesting. Uh, 
if we could call Nathaniel back from the grave, hey, Nathaniel, you know, Jesus made this promise to you in John chapter one. Did he keep his promise to you, man? Uh, yeah, he would say, uh, he really kept his promise to me. I saw him feed the multitudes from just a little boy's lunch. I saw him calm the storms. I saw him walk on the water. I saw him raise the dead. I saw him heal all manner of sick. I, yeah, uh, greater things than these I saw. So Jesus kept his promise to you? Uh, yeah, understatement. And then at the end of John's gospel, it said that I suppose that if all the miracles that he did were recorded, I doubt the world could even hold the volumes. In other words, the miracles that we see in the Bible, just a little snippet of the miracles he actually did. And Nathaniel got to see all of them. Why? Because he chose to follow Jesus very closely. See, it's not rocket science. There's a verse in the Gospel of John, for time's sake, I'll just quote it. Jesus said to his disciples later, the works that I do, these miracles that Nathaniel's watching, yeah, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works than I do, you'll do. I remember seeing that soon after I was saved. It's like, I don't know if I understand that. I can't walk on the water. I can't raise the dead. I can't feed the multitudes from a little boy's lunch. How could Jesus say to me, and I don't see uh, Nathaniel doing that either. He watched Jesus do it. And then Jesus says, greater works than I do, you'll do. I didn't get it for a long time. I think I, I, think I do now. When Jesus fed the multitudes, you know what happened the next morning? They're hungry again. <laughs> all those people that he healed, later on down the road, they all died of something. Uh, when Jesus calmed the storm, other storms rose up. You see, Jesus, all his miracles were temporary. When I tell somebody about Jesus and you tell somebody about Jesus and they listen, he knocks on the door of their heart, they open it, and you've won someone to Christ? That ain't temporary. That's eternal I think that's what Jesus meant when he said to you and I, greater things than these, you'll see, and greater things than I do, you'll do. What Jesus did there on those miracles, and then they were temporary, but the work that we do is eternal. When we give a cup of water in the name of a prophet, we receive a prophet's reward. That's eternal. When I turn the other cheek, that's eternal. The things we do for Christ are eternal. And oh my goodness, greater things than these will do? What a privilege, what a joy. And so let's, uh, let's bring this all together here. Same Jesus. We're sinners like Nathaniel. He comes to me, comes to you. He makes the same promise. What are we going to do with it? Oh, that's nice. Or are we going to follow him? You see, I can't coast on the commitment I made in 1972, 1973, 1974. Those commitments got me to where I am. But I have to be recommitted today. I wake up every morning, and without Jesus, I can, I can do nothing. I know that. But I'm not without Jesus. And so every day, I adjure you to do what I chose to do, to re-up, re-enlist, die to self, 
look to him in the morning and say, Jesus, I can't, but you can. I'm in. You tell me to fill the water pots up, I'm in. I'll do it. I don't have to understand what you ask me to do. I'm just going to do it and be really close to him. Be a great worshiper. Be a great praiser. Be a great forgiver. Just be close to Jesus, eyes on him, hands on those plows of the gospel, plugged into your local church, snuggling up in the word of God every day, hiding God's word in our heart, not sin against him. And that same Jesus got some stuff up his sleeves. He's ready to unfold. And when he sees that same surrender in us that he saw in Nathaniel, Jesus got a grin on his face, man, when he saw Nathaniel jumping in. And that same Jesus, I think he gets a grin on his face when he sees you and I tuning him in, tuning the world out, listening to his voice when we read the Gospels. Man, oh man. Some people get to see God do so much. It's not rocket science. Their surrender, their closest to Jesus. He's got stuff up his sleeve, ready to unfold it to us. And uh, I want to be where the action is. I think you do too. So thanks for tuning me in. I pray that you'll um, like and subscribe and share and all this kind of stuff. And uh, team up with me to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. So, hey, remember, Jesus loves you a lot. Thank you for being part of my podcast family. Love you, man. Bye-bye for now.